how did the farmer find his wife? So that is the question. That's what we're starting with today. This, how, how, this did, is, how did the farmer find his wife? He tracked her down. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the 23 I, Podcast. I am speechless. <laughs> uh, where do we go from there? So I, I have found one of the delights of our new studio uh, for our business has been being in downtown Waterville. And downtown Waterville, folks. The thriving metropolis that it is. Uh, but being next to a diner, there's a lot of breakfast and lunch traffic among the retired population. And there was a gentleman that just opened the door today and told me that joke. Never introduced himself and closed the door behind him and walked out. <laughs> it was great. I don't know who he is. Maybe he listens to the well, podcast. How, okay, so he tracked her down. I need to track Tim down. No. Oh, it is good to be with you. Hey, you know, this week we're going to know who our most loyal listeners are. Do you know why? That we were going to track track them down? No. no. The most loyal listeners will be listening to this on Thanksgiving Day. So if Oh, the, wait, it comes out Thursday morning. Yeah. Many people will delay it. They'll say, mm, Thanksgiving, I'll listen later. But those of you that are listening to this on Thanksgiving... Oh, I will listen to it while I'm preparing the meal. Are you cooking? No, I'm saying that oh, that's what is, they're going to say. You're perso personifying them. Yeah. I got it. I was going to say, if you're cooking, I'm I, I do over. listen to it on Thursday morning. It comes out. I'm usually in the office. You listen back to this podcast? Yeah, I can only stand it one time. Well, I, I listen to it to at least... Uh, Part of it. Oh, okay. I, do, do I listen for 23 minutes? Is it quality control? I do 23 minutes over a period of about a month. <laughs> it, yes, it is quality control. I'm it, checking it out. Is the quality okay? Uh, well, your, your sidekick. Of, of, of the two people that speak, yes and no. Well, we'll let the Holy Spirit do some talking today. <laughs> okay. Hey, so beyond Thanksgiving, this is going to be a wonderful weekend uh, as we start the season of Advent. It's not only the season of Advent, it's the beginning of a new liturgical year. Yeah. Big things. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And we finished the Gospel of Mark, which means we move on to the Gospel of Luke. Luke. And we have Luke a lot. A lot of Luke. A lot of Luke. Wait, so we just finished year B. That means we are into year. And year C is the year of Luke. I feel like we just did this. These years just go by so fast. Now you sound like an old person. Because you did, you did a... <laughs> the older you get, the faster time goes. Look at the pot I remember the kettle uh, black. My great... Great aunt, actually, she was my my dad's older sister, but she was my aunt. But I always thought of her as a great aunt. She told me that when I was a little kid. She said, "The older you get, the faster time goes." And to a little kid, that meant absolutely nothing. I thought that was a stupid thing, but guess what? She was right. It is true. I well, I was just thinking about that because usually at our house we like to get the, some of the Christmas decorations out on the Friday after Thanksgiving. Oh, I thought you did 4th of July. <laughs> if my girls had a choice, we would. Um, but I feel like I just put them away. I don't know if I want to get them back out again. I feel like they, they just settled in for a long winter's nap. I think I'm going to get my tree up from the basement um, either Wednesday of this week or Friday. I, I usually let it sit for a while, and then eventually I put lights on because it, yeah. I have to put light, strings of lights on it. And then I let it sit another couple of days, and then I start putting ornaments on. You know, if we were really good, what would be kind of cool is if you had some Advent decorations to put on your tree for four weeks, like some mostly violets and maybe some rose-colored things, and then you could switch them out for Christmas. Wouldn't that be cool? That'd be a lot of work. It, 
<laughs> oh, that's why we don't do it. All right, so here we are going into the Gospel of Luke. Anything else going on in your life that you want to bring to the table today before we uh We have these beautiful, in? absolutely beautiful sunny days, even though it's cold outside. And when they built this building, and the architects are the ones who assigned me my corner office that I have here. I tried to steal it from Which you. is really a beautiful, beautiful office with three, three windows. Three Three windows. I know. I we we know. Okay, <laughs> but anyway, one of the windows is from the south, and so I can sit at my desk and have the warm sun come in. And I know now why cats love to find that little place where the sun comes in. And that's good. where they they sit. Yeah, that's what I do. I, I love this time. Of I don't year. get any work done, but I sit there in the sun. As I was driving here today, it really we recording this on Tuesday. It's a beautiful day today. It's I just love this time of year. This weather. This is good stuff okay shall we okay let me say a word about advent before we we begin okay advent is not four weeks long it's the four sundays before christmas <laughs> now this year it is almost almost four weeks long because christmas christmas is on a saturday but some years like two years from now christmas will be on a monday so christmas eve is a sunday and that's the fourth sunday of advent so it's really just three weeks long it's my least favorite. And, and that's when Sunday morning we celebrate uh, that Mary receives uh, the news from the angel Gabriel yeah. that she's going to be a mother. That's in the morning on Sunday. And by Christmas Eve, that evening, she gives birth. It's very fast. Very fast. Our imaginations can handle it, though. Okay. that's um, But that's one thing about Advent. The other thing is the first Sunday, which is what we're going into right now, mm-hmm is always about the second coming of the Lord. And then the the second, third, and fourth Sundays of Advent go back to the historic coming of the Lord. And generally, the fourth Sunday of Advent also has a greater focus on Mary. Yes, uh, usually the second and third both highlight uh, John the Baptist. Yeah. Now, the the thing I discovered just last week, I was doing some research uh, for, for some purpose, and I found that in the Middle Ages, the emphasis was almost all all on the second coming of the Lord. Whereas for now, we use Advent pretty much as a time to uh, historically think back that Jesus was born. We even track, you know, the the message of the. Um, it starts off usually with John proclaiming, uh, "Prepare the way of the Lord." Right, quoting from Isaiah. Yeah, and uh, and then eventually we have the story from Luke chapter one. Mm-hmm. But in the Middle Ages, the emphasis was the coming again of Jesus. Well, you know what they say about the Middle Ages. No, what do they say about the Middle Ages? They were stuck in the Middle Ages. <laughs> that, <laughs> that one I made up. On, that wasn't from the old guy coming into the studio. That was, Okay, you can go over to Dale's that, next, <laughs> next door and say, just open the I'll door just and run say. In. That's kind of fun, like a run-in a, a run joke. that. I would be a run-in joke. Yeah, like you know, run you, in, yeah. run you open, on. You open the door and you you do that with a barbershop. You know, is there a barbershop down the street? We've got a lot of places to get your hair cut. Okay, just open a door, yell in something, and then <laughs> leave again. They're gonna say, "Oh, there's that piano teacher." There, there, again. There's, there's Pete saying, yeah. "What was that one all about?" <laughs> Pete's our barber, by the way. If anybody's yeah. wondering. Okay, let's let's go into the gospel, and it is from Luke's gospel, but it's not chapter one, verse one. It's not even chapter 3. No, it's actually chapter 21. 
which is the very last chapter before the patient account begins. Mm -hmm. So we're going to start not at the very beginning. Don't tell Julie Andrews I said that. Don't start at the very beginning, <laughs> but, but start towards the end. Would you like to read the gospel or should I? It's, it's I think you should. Okay, it's broken into two parts. Uh, it's Luke chapter 21, verses 25 to 28. I'll read that. Okay. Then there's a little break, and then it jumps to verses 34 to 36. I'll read that. I'll let you read that. Okay. Here it goes. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars. And on earth nations will be in dismay, perplexed by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will die of fright in anticipation of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heaven will be shaken, and then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. But when these signs begin to happen, stand erect and raise your heads, because your redemption is at hand. Beware that your hearts do not become drowsy, from carousing and drunkenness and the anxieties of daily life, and that day catch you by surprise like a trap. For that day will assault everyone who lives on the face of the earth. Be vigilant at all times and pray that you have the strength to escape the tribulations that are imminent and stand before the Son of Man. Now, if some of this sounds familiar... We it, just talked about the sun and the moon and the stars. Exactly. The, the part that I read... This is Luke chapter 21, two Sundays ago. Uh, the, they were going to be falling from the sky. The, the 33rd Sunday of Ordinary Time from Mark's Gospel, right before the Feast of Christ the King. Yep. Uh, this is the parallel account from Luke to what we had in Mark. Every time I hear this, I think of, actually, we're sing, a song we're singing this weekend, which is Awake to the Day. Oh, I love that song. And, and that verse. I like, and you know what? I have, I'm going to say this publicly. Go ahead. I like the way you play the music. Well, th Wow. Thank you. Yeah, I like, I like the uh, way that you walk it out to it while I'm playing it. I, I, <laughs> I, well, I hate it, to see it go. It 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 is it the closing song. It's the closing song. Oh, it should be the the beginning, the middle, and the end. We should. <laughs> <laughs> People will not awake anymore. But, but the, yeah, in the first verse, we sing that signs in the sun and the moon and the stars. So I hear that little. Okay, that the little passage melody. the passage that we read from Mark's gospel was slightly different. Here it says. Uh, there will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars. What we read in Mark's gospel said, the sun will cease to shine and the the moon will not have its light. And, stars and the stars will be, will be falling from the skies. Yeah. So in some ways, that was even more dramatic. There is some seriously, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Challenging. Harsh language oh, in this. Okay. Yeah, I mean, for that day will assault everyone. You know, people have... Uh, Zeroed in on that line. I heard that from my Bible study on Tuesday morning. Oh, really? That same line. It's funny. I never paid much attention to it. Per I've never personally. I've never paid attention to it until today. Well, when you read something aloud, it really does strike you. Yeah. But uh, the line that I zeroed in on was the last line of the first half, the part that I read. But when these signs begin to happen, stand erect and raise your heads. Because your redemption is at hand. As you read that, I almost, there's like a level of excitement in that. Yeah. Like here, here is what we've waited for. Well, let, let me give a little example. Last summer, this past summer, I spent some time in the national parks out in the West, uh, Wyoming and Montana. Mm -hmm. And several places on our hikes, we went through 
prairie dog towns. Mm -hmm. The one was actually more like a city. Uh, the prairie dogs were everywhere. Actual prairie dogs. Yeah, prairie dogs. And they have a sentinel. They looks out. Yes, they do. Similar they, to the meerkats. Well, I don't know anything about meerkats. Oh, except, we'll save that for another day. Okay. Right. <laughs> but uh, they have one that kind of stands up. Yeah, and when it, when it sees people like us coming, it mm -hmm. barks. And now, it's not quite like a dog bark, but it is a bark. You can tell that. And it gives, it watches uh, us come, but it alerts all the others. And a lot of the other prairie dogs immediately popped out of their their holes and looked at us to check us out. Isn't that great? And so it's sort of like this whole thing. Stand up. Raise your heads. Now, it says, because redemption is at hand. I don't think they were doing it because they thought it was redemption. No, they were scared of you. Or well, they were... they were. Once they saw that I'm kind of St. Francis personified, they weren't scared <laughs> of me anymore. They are like, oh, let let the prairie dogs come and, to and him. And then, they, then they, they posed a little bit so I could take pictures of, of them. I haven't seen any of those. Oh, usually you're quick to share those. I, I will share them someday, but uh, I can't right. do that by podcast. No, that would be hard to do. I will tell you, though, that that whole idea of redemption is, you know, so you have the, the frightening images uh, the stars falling and all that stuff. But uh, then it says, but but stand up, put your head back. I love that. And like the, the prairie dog, put, it puts its head up and it looks around yeah. and it says, now what you're looking at is your redemption. Mm. So we use the word redemption. It's a churchy word and not just in the Catholic church. It's used in all Christian denominations. Sure. We have been redeemed. We Actually, I would say redeem becomes kind of a a buzzword sometimes. Yeah, and that's exactly the problem. Yeah. You use a word like that and it it flows right over people's heads, you know. Jesus our Lord and Redeemer. Well, of course he's our Lord and Redeemer, but what do we mean? So, let me ask you here in front of the whole world, what does redemption mean to you? Well, I was I was just looking up so to redeem is to deem again, correct? So I was just looking up the word deem by itself. I know this is not answering your question, but you're, this, you're, yeah, I think that may mislead you. This is where my mind, I just, I'm just wondering where yeah. it's going to take it us. It comes from Latin, two Latin words. So the and, word deem is uh, defined as to regard or consider in a specified way. Yeah. And that's where you made the mistake because you, <laughs> as you're always quick to point out. Well, I'm not always. Once in a while, I let you get by with a mistake. Once in a while. Okay. So where did, what did I, what oh, did I do wrong? You don't want to look up the word deem. You want to look up the word eem. Eem. The D is put there. It's from Latin. Really? Yeah. Emire means to buy. Okay. To redeem is to buy back. Oh, I was wrong. Yeah. Let that go. Hey, on. okay. Let, let go that go on the record. That he admitted it. So to buy back. That's what redeem actually means. To pay the price for. Yeah. That that this is sounding very scriptural. Well, it truly is. Yeah. Uh back to that old question. Would you die for somebody else? Would We've, you would you pay the price of your life? To, to give somebody else life. Would you buy them back from death's uh, door? Yeah. Would you give up your life for someone else? Well, we know who did do that. Besides besides Jesus. No, I was talking about Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was talking about Jesus. There's been several. I mean, uh, there's many, but... Are you talking about mart the martyrs of the church? Well, sometimes they died directly for somebody else. A lot of times they died for their faith. The most obvious one that... 
I can think of is a 20th century example. Yeah. Uh, Maximilian Kolbe mm. at, at Auschwitz when there was a prisoner escape or attempted escape. And so five men were targeted to die. Yeah. The Nazi said, well, well, we'll just kill them so that the show people should not try to escape. It's going to kill other people. Mm-hmm. And one of the men that was deemed to be killed uh, was a, a man, had a, a family, young man, had a family. Mm-hmm. And Father Mac- Maximilian Colby, and priests are always so generous uh, that very at, that he, he said, no, I will go in his place. Mm. And it, so they starved them, and Colby did not die of starvation. He just lingered on and on, and finally they injected him mm. and ki- killed him. And I was standing at the, the cell where this took place. Wow. Uh, it's, in, it's in Auschwitz, and of course, a lot of Auschwitz is just horrible. Hor- I mean, it's all bad, it's, but some of it's just horrid the way uh, the the Jews were treated. Mm-hmm. Now, this was a section not for Jews, but for people that also were opposing uh, the Hitler regime. Mm. So they were still considered enemies of the state, uh, but it was a different building. Yeah, that must have been a very powerful moment. For it was you. a very powerful moment. You know, another line in this scripture reading that kind of spoke to me as you were reading it, must have been because you were reading it. You're just so dramatic in the way that you proclaim it. Uh, is the <laughs> he's smiling? You know what? You're not. You're you're going to have to uh, fast a little bit be, before that, Thanksgiving. That's to, fine. I'll to try to make room for food. Lord knows I could use it. Um, but the line that was talking about talking about perplexed by the roaring of the sea and the waves, and uh, the image that came to my mind immediately was. Uh, the time that Claire and I just had spent in San Francisco right after there was a major rainstorm on the West coast while we were out there on, on one of the days. And so there was a very high surf warning that for two days that followed the so storm. That, that ruined your surfing. Well, you know, I, I didn't want to show off too much on my surfboard anyway, so I was okay, you know, sacrificing. Um, but the immensity of the waves coming in off the Pacific ocean was unlike anything I've ever seen before when I've been to, well, when I read that earlier in the week, reading it to myself, I was thinking of that uh, tsunami. Yeah. What was that, about a day or two after Christmas a couple of years ago, or 10 years ago, whenever it was, the one that hit. Was this in Japan? The one in it, Japan? Well, this one was Indonesia, oh. uh, some of the islands. It, it okay. killed hundreds of thousands of people. It was very massive. It hit a lot of people. I did see, which was interesting, being the Midwest boy, in California, tsunami evacuation routes in San Francisco. Yeah. So that, that was interesting to see that. And I thought, wow, what would that be like to know that danger is imminent? And that- we should have something like that close to Lake Erie. Tsun- <laughs> <laughs> Tsunamis. <laughs> anyway, oh. but you know, the, the destruction uh, and the immensity of the water, that's what I was getting at. And you know how water has, has, life-giving and destructive properties. It's both. You're yeah. right. Every time I do a baptism, I talk about the power of water. In the blessing of the baptismal waters, it talks about water used in Scripture. Yeah. And it's everything from the the waters of, of creation to the waters of the, the great flood that destroyed sin. So it was negative, but also provided new life for Noah and his family. Yeah. The waters of the Red Sea, and uh, Moses led the Israelites out of captivity into freedom. Mm. It's a reminder that water symbolizes life, even as it destroys. Mm-hmm. Uh, the The second part that you read, you know, beware, 
Beware that your hearts do not become drowsy. Now, um, if in case people are wondering, what they did here was with Luke 21, I read verses 25 to 28, and then Michael read verses 34 to 36. So and they, people have a right to ask, what happened to verses uh, 29, 30, 31, 32, and 33? They're allowed to ask that. Oh, They're, look at... It's and, like you anticipated and, and bringing go, this. And I'm going to give you the answer. He has a Bible, folks. I, I Well, I have it only so I can read it, but I already knew the answer. <laughs> uh, so, so verses, uh, after verse 28, it says, learn a lesson from the fig tree. Oh. Remember the fig tree? That was around two weeks ago. It's back. It's back. Now, two weeks ago in Mark's gospel, we, we read it. In Luke's gospel, uh, the liturgists just skip over it. Got it. So then we jump to the part that you read about stay awake. So you, the good news is, folks, you didn't really miss anything. We just got a little appetizer of it a couple weeks ago. But I love learning a lesson from the fig tree. That was that was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. And, of course, this past week with the uh, olive wood, I was learning a lesson from the olive tree. You know that oh it, when it, they were when it, they were here for the all Bethlehem the all gifts. the carvings yes yeah. the Bethlehem families and the lesson I learned from them is the olive tree is gnarly and and uh, has a lot of knots in the wood uh-huh. and then that is what the beauty is of the wood when it's carved oh, so so, so sometimes you think something that's the mistake yeah. is actually the good thing something that is tough and hard to handle. Can sometimes be our most redeeming redeeming quality. Da-dum, we brought it around full circle wow. ju- just in time. Just like we planned it. All right, folks. So as we get ready to enter into this Advent season, uh, we pray that this will be a spiritually refreshing and renewing time for us. And uh, hopefully we can journey over these next four Sundays. And I can't wait till next Sunday. All right. Take care.